Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey everybody, Richard Brooke here. Welcome to another Bliss Business Hero Call. This is actually Hero Call number 81 for the last three years. Every other Wednesday night, my team has scoured the nation looking for network marketing leaders that have built an extraordinary business in a four-year career time frame and have done it in a substantial, ethical, uh, legitimate network marketing company, and they've done it in a highly ethical way, practicing the bliss business philosophies. And as you can imagine, it's not easy to find these people every other week, but boy, have we got an awesome one tonight, a stellar, stellar role model of not only what can be built in a four-year career, but how to build it in a really powerful and ethical way. And this is a good place for me to uh, disclaim uh, tonight's guest, as, as well as the typical network marketing leaders that we have on a hero call, these are not average network marketing distributors. Every once in a while, somebody will ask me, what is the average distributor you earn in network marketing? And my answer is simple and obvious, nothing. Average people don't do what's required to be successful in network marketing. It's an above average. It's an exceptional person's opportunity. And that doesn't mean exceptional education or current income or just exceptional coachability and ambition, people that really are ready for a life change and are ready to do something about it. And most people aren't. So the people that we interview on a hero call, uh, uh, you know, do try this at home, but do not expect to get the exact same results that these people have achieved because these are the extraordinary of the extraordinary. These are the leaders of the leaders. The people that we interview on a hero call have done what very few people in network marketing have ever done. So why do we pick such extraordinary people to interview if it's not typical, if it's not average, if you may not even expect to do what they've done? For this simple reason, whatever your ambition is for network marketing, maybe you want to make 500 bucks a month. Maybe you want to make $1,000 a month. Maybe you want to make $5,000 a month. Maybe money's not that important to you. You just want to connect with a team of people. You want personal development. You want to grow. You want to travel. You want to live a more meaningful life. You want to matter. The people that we pick 
to interview in a hero call have done such extraordinary things with their life and their business that they are qualified to teach and inspire you to do whatever you want to do. You know, think of it this way. If I'm interviewing somebody that makes $10,000 a month, they're qualified to inspire and teach you how to make 1000 or 2000 or 5000 or even 10000 And as most of you know that follow these calls, most of the people that we interview on a hero call earn far, far more than $10,000 a month. So whatever it is you want to do, they can inspire you. They can teach you how to do it. Tonight's guest hails from North Texas, and she has an epic story. She is uh, in the top rank of a company called Young Living Essential Oils. This is her first uh, entree into network marketing. This is her first company, her first effort. And as you will hear from her story, it is mind-blowing. It's staggering what she's accomplished uh, in just a four-year career and a half, six or seven years or so. Um, and uh, I don't need to say anything more about her because her story is going to blow your mind. It's just a beautiful, heartfelt, and it's sometimes probably hard to believe what she's accomplished in a very short period of time. Our guest tonight is April Pointer. April? Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It's my great honor. It's taken us a while for our get our schedules coordinated, but you are a busy lady with a wonderful family and uh, an epic business. So I want to start, April, um, at the beginning um, one, of the, one of the things that I just think is, uh, for those of you listening, just something to really pay attention to and map your own life onto, is I'm going to ask April to tell us about the first time she was ever introduced to Young Living. And who introduced her? And April, so I want, what I want you to tell us is, tell us a little bit about who you were before you got involved in network marketing, your family, your life, your occupation, you know, anything you want to tell us about your life there. And then um, my question is who, the name doesn't matter, but the relationship really matters. Mm-hmm. Who is the person that introduced you to this opportunity? How did you know this person? And then what did they say to you, if you can remember, that compelled you to at least take a look? That's a a big mouthful of questions. Have you got that? Yeah. Yeah, so my dear friend Mary Moore years ago, back in 2009, is who introduced me. And she had been using the product for a few years. And she had invited me to a class at her house that her naturopathic doctor was teaching. And I was very much into natural, anything natural. And so I wanted to go and I wanted to learn about it. And I love, love chemistry. I love science. It's what my whole life has basically been lived around. And so when I went to the class, as soon as I realized it was network marketing, I was like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm, I don't think that I really want to be a part of that. I had done that in college. I had 
I had a I had a boyfriend in college that got me involved in like this water filter um, supplement <laughs> company that he that eventually went under, but I, I didn't do the income producing activities for it either, so I never made any money. I think I enrolled one person. I just, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. It was too much work to me, and or work that I didn't want to put into it. And so I went to the class. I was very interested in the product, very, because I loved the chemistry behind it, and the naturopathic doctor teaching it was like saying all the right things that were making all my light bulbs go off and was speaking my love language. And Come to find out that corporate was coming to town soon after that. And um, actually, the next week, my family was in, like, dire need of some immune support. And um, she sold me a bottle of her product and some tools that went along with it, and it revolutionized our life for my family. I mean, it made a significant impact. So I went to the corporate meeting. I signed up at the corporate meeting and I instantly got on auto ship. I mean, it did not take much for me to do it. I just had to have that experience. And when I knew that I didn't have to build the business and I could just be a buyer, to be a user, a product user, I was okay with that. So that okay. she just invited me so, to her to her class. Okay, I got that. And we still want to go back and hear about who you were before all that. But the the yes. question, if you can pinpoint it, is. So you were a product user for a couple of years before you embarked on building a business. Correct. Do you remember who said what to you that had you decide to take a serious look at building a team? Yes. So in my second year of being a product user, I casually enrolled four friends, I believe, who just saw me using my products, saw the impact it was making on my family, and said, I want some of that. And I was like, I don't even know how you get this. Maybe I think I have a product number or like a member number. <laughs> and the fourth girl or the third girl said, you know, I really want to explore the business side of this, my friend Michelle. And I said, well, you have fun with that because I want nothing to do with that. I was so focused on homeschooling and raising my kids. I was a stay-at-home mom. And I just had no time for that. I just was not interested. And it took her about four months to talk me into teaching a class for her. She knew I'd been using the product a while. She knew I had testimonies under my belt and thought, you know what, you already know all this. Why don't you just come teach me and my friends about it? So I actually called my sponsor, Mary, and the two of us went over to her house, and we taught a class together. And I think everybody, but I think there were about 12, 10 or 12 people there, and everyone but maybe two people enrolled that night. And I was astonished. I mean, I made several hundred dollars that night. And we were so focused on getting out of debt that all I could think was like, oh, my gosh, this could help me get out of debt. I already talk about this stuff. And I'm getting, I'm getting paid to talk about something I already talk about? Okay. So, so I, April, you got recruited by somebody you recruited. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, right? <laughs> yes. Well, tell tell us about pre-network marketing. Who were you, and what were you doing with your life? Okay, so part of why I fell in love with our product is I was so fascinated with the chemistry behind it, and that's what first interested me. I'm an information junkie, science nerd to the core, 
And part of that love for science and the healthy lifestyle is because I actually grew up having multiple surgeries because I was born with a neural tube defect, which is a birth defect. It's called spina bifida. It is at uh, my L2 vertebrae. I would say over 90% of people with their repair at the L2 vertebrae don't walk. So I, I believe that God healed me as a baby. And they told my parents I would never, ever walk. I've had over, well, about four dozen surgeries somehow related. Okay, so stop for a second. Mm -hmm. Imagine that I'm a lay person listening to this. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I'll get into that. What what exactly is, is the L2 defect and what... What did the doctors do to correct it? Okay, so when I was born, um, spina bifida, the neural tube forms at week six in pregnancy, and it should completely close, and mine never closed, and that's what the whole baby is formed. And so when the baby's born, there's a giant opening in the back, and it can either be covered by skin or the skin can be open. And back in the 70s when I was born, there were no sonograms. There was no way to know if a baby was going to be born with spina bifida. And when you're born with spina bifida, especially through a vaginal birth, it puts even more pressure on the spinal cord as the baby's being born. So even more damage can be done to it. And the spinal cord is very, very delicate. So as soon as, of course, come out, they instantly knew, okay, here's what we're dealing with. I was literally whisked away to another state. I was literally separated from my my mother for several weeks while I underwent some surgeries and treatments and whatnot in another state at, at some medical facilities, and then they returned me. So what they do is they close that back up. They, put, they basically put the spinal cord back inside the spine, and they close the skin over it. A lot of times there's not a vertebrae on top. Like your vertebrae is, it surrounds your spinal cord from the bottom and the top, and so my top ones are missing. To this day, they're not there. I don't have them. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's literally, I believe, God's hand that protects my spinal cord right there to even allow and me to walk. And I read in your um, survey that you sent me that you've had over 40 surgeries to correct this. How, what is the timeline of that? Like, were those all when you were an infant or did those happen over your entire lifetime? It's over a lifetime. It's from the day of birth until a few years ago. It's, it affects your spinal cord, is your nervous system. So it affects your brain. It affects um, every movement your body makes. So it, it affects the growth of your muscles. So I've had some procedures done on my leg, on my foot, um, on my brain. Um, I've had part of my brain stem removed, actually. It's, it's very complicated, but... Okay. All of that to I say think people that, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All that to say what? All that to say is is I was always in the hospital growing up because again, it started at infancy through adulthood. It's not something any natural product would fix. Like a birth defect is is an anatomical defect. It's not something that you take a bunch of supplements right. for and you cure. You know, I mean it's right. literally it's there unless you have physical intervention through surgical procedures or intervention somehow. So always in the hospital for my spinal cord um, 
surgeries or is having brain surgery or leg or foot surgery, I was on crutches through most of middle school. I was always exempt from PE, (laughs) from PE Mm -hmm. through high school, I mean, from elementary to high school. So I kind of liked that. How Um, about uh, who paid for all that? Insurance. My parents and insurance. My dad had a really great job. He was in upper management. The kids are mean. So So I dealt with a lot of self-esteem issues, but my parents definitely treated me normal. Like they never let me use use it as an excuse. If there were swim team tryouts, they urged me to try out. They wanted me to try tennis and ballet and gymnastics, and I tried all of those things. I played them. I, I could only get so far in them because of the obvious, but I still gave it my best, and I had fun doing it. So, it, it, okay, it so the, sure, okay, so folks, the reason, we're, uh, the reason I'm, I want April to tell you this is we haven't talked about yet what she's accomplished in business, but I just want you to think about your life, your liabilities, your challenges, your worries, your stories about why you can't do something, and map that on to April's life. Over 40 surgeries that sounds like they'll continue the rest of her life, and um, then we're going to hear what she did in her business. And the point of that is for you just to be present to, if April can do what she's done, what can you do? And certainly if you want to make a 1000 bucks a month or $5,000 a month, I mean, I trust that you'll be able to resoundly answer that question I can do that. If she can do what she's done, this is what I can do. So, okay, April, you got recruited by somebody you recruited. <laughs> yes. You had that first class. What happened after the first class? You made a couple hundred bucks. What did you decide or what did you explore next about the opportunity? So my friend that recruited me, we started teaching or co-hosting classes together. And I eventually, just by doing that, hit the fourth rank in, in, in our company. Our company has 10 ranks, so I'll just name them mm-hmm. one through 10, with 10 being the highest. And about four months later, I hit that fourth rank. And I was, it was, the checks were between five and $800 a month, which was significant for, my, for us. We were a one-income family. We were hugely in debt, always in debt with my medical bills, always. And, and you were homeschooling how many kids? Just, just two, just two. Two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so our upline helped teach classes for us. She's a naturopathic doctor, and she was very knowledgeable, and I was always wanting to learn. So she continued to mentor me and really helped me along the last six, I guess almost seven years I've been building it. It'll be – but she's, she's a dear friend and mentor to me. Okay, so let's talk numbers. How many, how many people did you enroll into your business in the first year? I think in the first year there was around 40. Our, our IT systems changed, and honestly, I was never taught to even keep track of numbers like that. I, I, I treated this like a hobby, Richard. It was truly a hobby for me until I got to rank number six. I didn't yep. keep track of, of things like that. So I would yeah, I think it I was around 40, thinking back. Okay. Around. That's just pure passion. And what I, uh, 
the, the reason I asked that question and I want to make note of it for the crowd is <clears throat> there is a formula that we teach at Bliss Business as part of these hero calls. Every once in a while we interview somebody that either enrolls far fewer and a couple of times we've interviewed people that have enrolled more people than I can even imagine enrolling anybody enrolling. So they've broke the mold as well. But the model is that if you will enroll 30 to 40 people each year for your first couple of years, maybe even three years, so you get to around 100 people enrolled, and you do it in a good company that's got great products and you know a company that's it's working you fan that fire for a couple of years and you're going to have a small empire and so i just want to make note that april matched those numbers so 30 to 40 people your first year so what would be your guess your second year i i went back and I looked, and I think that was about the average of those four years. It was about 30 to 40 per year over the four-year time period. Over okay. total in the last seven years, December of 2010 was my first class. So it was about 170, 180, I think, are the total I've enrolled. Okay. So 30 to 40 each year for your first four years. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now um, – that's like, a, so you got 170 total. So here's some interesting uh, statistics, folks. This is the power of geometric progression. The rule that invented network marketing and made it the most powerful wealth-building model for the common person on the planet is the rule that everyone can build a team from day one. Everyone can build a team from day one. That rule that California Vitamins introduced in 1946 to the direct selling model created the compounding effect in network marketing. So April enrolls 30 to 40 people each year for her first four years, and three years later, so a total of almost seven years, not quite seven years, you have 50,000 people on your team that are, what number is that rank, a star? Is that second rank? Number one, the first one. Number no, one. The second one. The second one, sorry. Second rank, yeah. So you have 50,000 people on your team that are at the second rank. That's so huge. And like 41,000 customers. So you can all, I'll just leave it to your imagination how abundant that has made April's life. Um, so, April, tell us, like, go ahead, 41,000 what? That the 41,000 is retail customers. That doesn't include wholesale. Yes, I get it. So, okay. you know, that's, uh, I mean, if, if you just think about it, folks, not only has April um, 
you know, well, here's another statistics, which actually, April, I'm, I'm, I got a pretty good memory about these numbers. I believe this makes you the highest producing network marketing leader that I have ever interviewed on a hero call. April's team oh, wow. of 50,000 stars and above and 41,000 customers uh, does on average $37 million a month in sales. And you are on track for that to be $50 million by the end of the year. That's the goal. That's a, <laughs> that, that, so April, context, that makes you, April, a $600 million a year business. Wow. Which makes you, April, I'd have to actually check the list to be totally accurate, but it makes you uh, probably somewhere in the top 20 to 25 network marketing companies in America. Like if you were a network marketing company, mm -hmm. you'd be in the top 25 of all companies. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing for a woman that didn't like network marketing, never saw herself doing it, has had over 40 surgeries to keep her spinal column from destroying her life, uh, raised two beautiful kids, and you can only imagine what kind of abundance that creates in your life. What I would like for you to tell people now, April, is um, what is the biggest mistake strategic mistake that you have made in the last seven years might be hard to come up with one given your numbers but uh, and it might be a building mistake it might be a communication mistake it might be a relationship mistake it might be a health mistake it might be an integrity mistake it might be one giant blunder that you did once, or it might have just been a bad habit, like death from a thousand cuts. What's the biggest mistake you've made in the last seven years? I think that's easy for me. It's, it's not – I didn't understand the differences in personalities, and I would butt heads with people who wanted to – are you familiar with the DISC model of personality? Yeah, I am. So I'm a pretty high S, and I have a lot of high Ds on my team. And there mm -hmm. were some that I was just wanting to help, and I was wanting to just vomit my help all over, and here we do it mm -hmm. this way, and here's the culture of our company, and let me show you this, and let me show you that. I've already created all these systems. And they were like, no, I've got this. I want to do this my way. And I'm like, why would you want to do it your way? I've already got this all mapped up. <laughs> I've already got all these systems. And I can truly say since I've, I've, I've delved more into personal development and learning more about personality differences, I, can, I feel like now I can get along with anybody. Where in the beginning I couldn't. And I, I did burn some bridges there that I will say that 99% of have come back full circle and things are good again, but I wish I had delved more into personal development right from the get-go 
that was my biggest mistake and learning personality differences so that I could learn to work with people. This is a people business and people can not get along sometimes. So we're all individual entrepreneurs. We're all, we all own our own business. And so, and yet people work together as teams at the same time. So that was my biggest mistake was not delving into personal development right off the bat and learning personality differences. Would you, would you uh, describe that um, as maybe some orientation to you wanting to be right in a conversation versus uh, being successful in a conversation? Probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would venture to say that, yes. I was a little headstrong, what, and now I'm more flexible. What are the other personal <laughs> development lessons that you've learned? One of the big ones is the whole Jim Rohn, how he says, you know, there's no new fundamental. And we're always trying to overcomplicate things and get the next secret sauce and the next magic pill to growth and the next book and the next training and the next event and and really, it's so simple. And, and I did fall down that trap. I did fall down and felt like I had to do all these different things. And it took me away from the basics. And so when I regrouped and got back to basics, that's when I started seeing more growth again or more, more leaders budding especially, more um, relationship time with them where I was. I guess I was just delving more into the relationship part of it. I, I would have to say that 75% of people in my company that are builders were enrolled by a personal contact and not necessarily at just like a random class somewhere or right. online or by a stranger. And so that's just the culture of our company is these relationships. And I was just getting so distracted, but there's so much white noise in this industry. There's so much background noise, I should say. And you can get distracted by all these different leaders and all these books and trainings and events and, and the next big thing. And you just got to refocus, pick two or three to follow and follow them. Right. So <clears throat> um, I, I think people are probably like, Wow. I mean, if they really paid attention to what I said about you're the 25 biggest network marketing company in the United States, but it probably puts you in the top 40 in the world, maybe the top 50 in the world as a company. That's probably hard to relate to. What I would know if I was listening, would want to know if I was listening is, okay, the way you built this was 30 to 40 people a year for four years. And I know that's the toughest part for people is how do I even get my first four, let alone my first 40? How, how do I move in the world? What is my attitude? What are my, what are my attitudes and my actions that can result in me enrolling four people, just getting my first four that are active, that want to do this? So without – maybe challenging April, but without using your product line as how you describe the way you did it, because I'm sure you used your product line as the way to talk about and interest people. Can you give people some, some strategies, 
You know, you're not a social media person. That's not how you built it. You didn't build it through advertising. You certainly didn't build it by raiding other network marketing companies or anything ridiculous like that. You just, you just introduced the idea to people that you knew, but yet that's a lot of people that you sponsored. So talk about attitude first. What, are, what were some of the attitudes that you developed, the mantras, the stories that you told yourself and you learned to believe that had you go talk to people? And what did you say to people that got them interested? Well, I said a lot of non-compliant things <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and you know what? I did, I did use social media a little bit. I would post on social media how our product was helping our health or however I was using it. So, you know, I... I have I had a big network of friends before I started network marketing and I I was went to two colleges, I went to two high schools, I went to was involved in two really big churches and and one of the churches I was in upper leadership in. And so I'd had a lot of leadership training in the church and yep. leading things like that. So I did have a little bit of leadership experience and and I think that just learning it, it goes the same for a business as it does in the church in the sense that, you know, holding your head high and having good posture and speaking clearly and being a good listener, such key is being a good listener, and how, how to tell your story. I mean, oh, my goodness, how to tell your story. You and I have already t- we've talked about this. Like, don't skip over any parts of your story. Don't rush through it. It's your story is literally part of your clothes. When the time yep. you open your mouth and you meet somebody is when your clothes start. So there's, I love how Eric Worre talks about the four parts of every story. It's so astounding. It, it helped me learn to tell mine a lot better. But I think that just being relational, it's just so relationship focused. And Something as simple as smiling and using the person's name a lot. I mean, there's no sweeter music to somebody's ears than the sound of their own name. So when right. you're saying, saying their name over and over again, um, when you're in relationship with them, you know how your product can help them. So I would, just, I would tell people, hey, I'm using this product now, and I think that it would help your daughter with X, Y, and Z. And I know you like natural solutions, so can you come take a look? Would you do me a favor? And okay. the whole, would, would it be okay? I mean, that's like everyone, right. in everyone's subconscious mind, the answer is yes. So would it be okay if <laughs> dot dot dot? Those I use yeah, well, would it be okay a lot. So give people some examples of that without um, making product conversations specific product conversations. Would it be okay if what? Well, when I was um, when I started talking about the income opportunity, I would say, you know, would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? Right. If they were working, they were working, right? Or would it be yep. okay if, if you had five day if you worked towards five day weekends instead of two day weekends? Or would it be okay if you earned more money? I mean, these are all subconscious yeses every single time. Right. Would it be okay, okay. if you never never had to show up at work again? <laughs> <laughs> Those are income opportunity. But with 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 the product, it w- I would I would ask, okay, would it be okay if you came and looked at a product that I 
me as your friend telling you this, I know this could help your daughter because, right. again, all the noncompliant things that I can't say <laughs> that we don't say so, anymore. So people listening, I know, I know what they have a tendency to do is say, well, it's so easy for her to recruit. She has this huge team and she's very successful. Um, and so I want to just keep reminding people, these are the things that April did to build that team, to get her first four people, to get her first 40 people. And that's what all of you need to focus on is how do I get the ball rolling? So April, could you speak to, that's what you said to somebody you knew, a prospect. What is the internal dialogue? What's the attitude that you brought to this business. I mean, for you to sponsor 30 or 40 people a year, you got to talk to a lot of people, which means you need to have a certain kind of attitude about talking to people, about making the request, about picking up the phone or starting the conversation. What's the attitude that you had back then about people saying no or bothering people or what if people thought it was some kind of scheme what's the attitude you had about that well i was already very much into natural health and i was already here and here and there teaching classes on different organic foods and co-ops and health and whatnot and so when i would when i would talk to people i i'm definitely an introvert but i'm not shy so I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid of people, but part of the leadership training I had had, and my dad used to listen to Zig Ziglar all the time when I was growing up, so you know, that was always kind of playing in the background. But I think that when, um, I think that when you can hold your head high and you can talk to people about something that's worked for you, like you're sharing your own story of what has worked for you, you're not really asking them. You're telling them what's worked for you. And yes, of course we got no's, of course. And that hurt for a while. And then I started to learn that no doesn't mean no. It just means not right now. Or maybe they don't know enough yet. Or maybe I'm not asking in the right way. So there was um, even family members, I would say, hey, can you just support my business for three months? I just, can you just do this for three months for me? We've got all these products. I, I would love your support. And I learned those things through different books I would read or different leaders that were, you know, doing those things. I didn't come into this with tons of network marketing training at all or sales training. I literally, all I had was leadership training from my church. So mm -hmm. in, in the church atmosphere, you know, you're comfortable talking to people when you're offering to pray with them or um, having small groups in your home or a leader of a group or you're leading these different studies together. So I think I had just eased my way into that leadership role and comfortable around people. And if they rejected me, then that, yeah, it hurt at first, but you move on. Now it doesn't faze me at all if somebody rejects me. But in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. in the beginning it did. It sure did. All right, so April, imagine that I am a um, imagine that I'm a new distributor and you're enrolling me, and 
leave the product strategy out of it. Uh, let's just talk about attitude, personal development, action plan. Um, how would you coach me to get started? And I know it's difficult to dissect, uh, so I'm not talking about having classes. We're not talking about doing anything with the product line because that the audience here needs to hear stuff that you know they can apply to their company. So just speak to attitude and the strategy of you know okay, I've got people I want to contact. How do I go about contacting them, both from an attitude standpoint and strategically? If I was a new distributor of yours, give me some tips on what you would tell me to get started? Like how would you coach me along the path the first week or two or three? Well, I would probably tell you first to keep an open mind, to be open to the possibility, of course, that, that a life change that maybe you've rejected or you've refused or haven't even considered might be the key to transforming your life right now for the better. Um, I would tell you to be proactive and not reactive. I was definitely reactive for a while. Um, it kind of puts you at the mercy of change when you're a reactive individual. What do you mean when, by proactive versus reactive? Well, like a proactive person would see change as part of the process, and they would take action to make the best of it, where if you're reactive, you're just, you're just reacting and, and you're not um, – you're not, you're not making the best of it. You don't see it as part of the process. That's the beautiful. So seeing change as part of the process as opposed to an obstacle in the process. Right. And Love being that. proactive requires work. And we have to be able to think ahead and anticipate, and it involves being involved. <laughs> so being involved is obviously key. Yep. Um, we can't just sit back and let things happen like they're going to. Um, go with the flow, go with the flow of things, present um, an easy, casual, friendly attitude that shows your flexibility, um, yet at the same time it portrays your own persistence in the face of adversity, in the face of obstacles, of objections. Um, and this is not like, that's not like the negative step back and let things happen attitude. It's, it's like persistence in the face of adversity, I feel like, is what sets people apart. And Got it. to think big. If you think small, you're going to achieve something small. If you think big, you're going to be more likely to achieve a goal that's beyond your wildest dreams. And I love the book, um, The Magic of Thinking Big. Yeah. It's so good. What a great it, classic. It talks, it, it talks about how it doesn't take any more effort to think big than it does to think small. And we have to allow ourselves an attitude that pushes boundaries and explores possibilities. And then we get to draw in the people that have the same attitude because you're going to attract those people. So mm -hmm. by, by thinking big, we're going to attract big thinkers. Okay, awesome. So tell us what it's like uh, as we roll to the end of this. Tell us what, what is your life like now? What is that? I mean, the transformation has been such a short period of time, under seven years April, from financially struggling to what I imagine is more money than you know what to do with every month. Mm -hmm. What do you do with it? 
What is your What is your life like? So a long time ago, my church used to give away cars to single moms, and my husband and I would just we'd, we'd watch it happen. We'd say we want to do that one day. That would be so amazing to be able to do that. And so that was our big why was when we hit, you know, the diamond rank, the the eighth rank in the company, is we wanted to start giving away cars to single moms, and so we. We did that with our first diamond paycheck. And wow. And it's always, always been our heart is to give and to serve. And we, we truly believe that we're here to serve our organization. They're not here to serve us. So we, um, we, there's a lot of things we're passionate about in terms of giving. But we, we love to give. We love to travel. Uh, immediately, we got out of debt. We were always so up to our ears in medical debt. So now it just gets paid in one, one writing of the check, which is amazing. Right. Um, yeah. You know, every payday, every month, I'm just like, I can't believe this is my life. Like, what, what did I do to deserve this? You know, and, and God has just been really sweet and faithful to say, like, he trusts us to move money through us, not just to us. And so right. we accept. We accept that. And, and we, um, we're just, we have big hearts and we're big givers and we love to, to bless others. So, so tell me about the charity work that you're involved in. Well, we started off doing the single, the cars for single moms. I've never been a single mom, but I do have a really big heart for them. I have friends that are and have always had friends that are. Uh, we started off with that, and it moved on to uh, different missionaries and maybe mission trips that we had friends going on, and it, and it got bigger as our, our checks increased to different, you know, adopt-a-child programs and clean water wells. Clean water wells is probably one of my biggest, biggest passions. There's so many people that go without clean water around the world. Right. Um, human and how many different course. charities do you support or programs? or? Right now we're partnered with 26. 26 different charitable efforts. And how many cars did you give away to single moms? I think now we're up to like eight or nine. We do a few per year. A wow. Few per year. That's, uh, have you ever filmed that? <laughs> no, we haven't actually. No, it's, it's, we, it's been very personal. Um, yeah. We're going to do anonymous. You're, you're like, if we looked up humility in Wikipedia <laughs> or Google, April, you would show up there. You are so huge and so humble. It's really inspiring. Thank you. There's been some we've done anonymously that we um, we knew we knew that the family would say new if they knew it was us. You know. Yeah. So we we snuckily got around it and <laughs> they got a car. That's so cool. It That's is cool. cool. But I, I just want to I want to say something about my team. I. I have been really blessed to have some really amazing go-getters on my team. And the duplication that's happened, yes, it's me enrolling 160-ish people, 180 people over seven years. But these people have a fire and a passion for the product and for whatever their why is also. And I just want to shine the spotlight on them because they go and they run with it and they form their own brands and their own teams and they duplicate and our company has such a great compensation plan and such a great um, 
product that it just, it snowballs. You know what I mean? Like we have, I think last month we closed at 740,000 wholesale members. Yeah. That's, that's you, not me. You, I, that's not me. That's, that is everybody's efforts. And I am so proud of them. So proud of them. It makes me want to cry. Yeah. 740,000 total team members. Yeah. I know of some of your leaders, April, and you are, very fortunate to have attracted some some real real go-getters some super powerhouse very creative leaders that did go do it their own way and create their mm-hmm. own system and and you know sometimes that can be a stressful thing but it's um it's you know lead, when you when you sponsor a leader you got to let a leader lead Yep. That's the essence of it, and um, you have done that beautifully, and and so you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the the fruits of that. Last question for you, April, is um, I am I've been doing the business now for two or three years. Doing the business, meaning I've attended events, I've read the books. I've listened to the audios. I've watched the videos. I have tried, quote, unquote. I have sponsored some people. They've quit. I don't know who else to sponsor. I don't know where else to go. But I don't have any quit in me. Like, quitting is not where I'm at right now. Where I'm at is I'm frustrated. I'm not sure where to go. I definitely have a challenge managing the story in my head about, you know, I've been doing this for three years and it's not working. Now what? If, April, you were the last person in network marketing that I could ever talk to, like, your words were either going to make my career or break it. And maybe I'm on this call live right now, or maybe I'm listening to this call five years from now. Maybe I live in the United States, and maybe I live in South America or Africa or Asia. What would you say to me? If, if you could be the last person to direct me, to coach me, to inspire me, what would you say? What would you have me understand? I think I would have you understand that you need to honor the struggle of it. Like Brendan Burchard always says, to honor the struggle. That mindset, um, there's a, a, actually a gal on, on Adam's team, Jolene Hay. She says it so well about mindset and management mode. Like, Speaking, the, the power of life and death is in our tongue. And when we change our words, we change our life, we change our business, our team, and how powerful, powerful our language is. So I would start with mindset right away. Like instead of, instead of talking about how, many, um, how frustrated you are or how your business isn't growing, changing that, speaking things into existence with, your, with belief and changing your whole belief system. Well, I mean, I know that's hard to just say and do. But just working on mindset instead of the actions of, of building it, 
if you have the wrong mindset, you're not going to get to the top. You're not even going to get to the next rank. So I would, I would speak into mindset and, and say that your language is powerful and simple, simple things like, um, I'm, I'm trying, it's not working, I'm losing members, and instead focus on what's going right and speak the words about what is going right with all the belief that you have and um, that you have a lot to be excited about and you have a lot to be thankful for and grateful for. And, of course, in edification, I'm so big on edification um, that is something I feel like we all need to master. So when they're edifying their leaders, edifying themselves, it, it's just, I feel like edification makes a huge, huge difference in a business. Yep. Nice. <clears throat> all right. Uh, in the closing two minutes, we'll turn the tables. You're not prepped for this, so you have to just go with your intuition um, what question would you ask me? <laughs> Do you have an hour, Richard, to talk on? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I got two minutes. Okay. <laughs> My wife would say it takes me an hour to talk about a two-minute subject. <laughs> okay, so you are amazing, and you have this unsurpassed ability to inspire people and to influence them. And so I want to ask you, for all the people out there whose dream is to be a public speaker, um, what advice do you have on how to go from a good speaker to a transformational speaker? Mm, wow. Um, good question for people that want to do that. Uh, a couple things come to mind. I don't have an outline for it, but a couple things come to mind that are um, – I think uh, like really important game changers for people that want to speak powerfully is one, speak about what you want to speak about. Like find a subject, find a philosophy, find a strategy, find a story that you want to talk about that moves you like, doesn't matter whether you think anybody wants to hear it, you want to hear it. You want to hear yourself tell it. Find something that you are authentically passionate about as opposed to what you think other people want to hear or what you're supposed to talk about or like find you, find your authentic message. Uh, that would be one. Two sound, may sound trite, but it's a game changer, an absolute game changer. Video, every time you speak, if you're on a conference call, record it. Every time you're at a local event or any event and you're speaking, videotape it. Even if it's just an iPhone on a tripod in the corner of the room, uh, record every presentation because watching it yourself, you don't even need someone else to watch it. You could improve a thousand percent in your speaking by just watching it yourself and taking notes. And what you're looking for is, you know, did you say that in a way 
that moves the audience. I mean, the purpose of speaking to groups is to move them. It's to, it's to have them remember what you say and move them in a direction, not necessarily a direction that you think they should go in, but a direction that you're going. So it's about your authentic path, and the message is, is where I'm going. And that might be like a direction in business, it might be a vision you have in business, or it might just be philosophical. These are the philosophies that I'm going to live in my life, and I'm not telling you you should do them. I'm telling you why I'm doing them, and what I'm looking to do in speaking is inspire any other like-minded people to join me. I mean, that's the purpose of public speaking is there are some public speakers that get up and they tell people, well, you should agree with me and you should do what I'm doing and, you know, you, you should adopt my message. Those are not powerful speakers. Why? Because people don't like being told what they should do. People respond to being inspired. And so when you're watching yourself speak, the question to ask is, are you being authentic? Are you speaking from the heart? Are you looking to inspire people versus tell them what to do? Are you making people right versus making people wrong? You know, one of the, you know, you'll, here's what you'll hear yourself say if you're kind of a typical new speaker. I don't know if you knew this, but, you know, you hear this cliche. I don't know if you knew this, but how does that make the listener sound? Stupid. Mm-hmm. So to, the way to inspire people is find something that you're super passionate about, your authentic journey, tell stories about it, share philosophies about it, look to inspire like-minded, like-hearted people. Those are the ones you're supposed to move. You're not necessarily supposed to move the people that don't share your values. They don't share your philosophies. That's okay. You might convert some people. It's really not about converting people. It's about inspiring people that the, the latency is that they share your values and your vision or, or a like-minded vision and they share your philosophies and they just need to be inspired to live them powerfully. So when you watch your presentations and you watch through that filter, you'll make hundreds of notes about, oh my gosh, I don't say that next time, or I don't say it like this, or the way I said it was informational. And informational doesn't inspire people. Emotional inspires people. So the art is to take the information and present it in an emotional way, in a, in a way that, peop, that moves people's body chemistry, that shifts them. So there's two things there, you know, find your authentic passion, speak from that standpoint, looking to inspire, and, um, you know, you can certainly hire coaches, um, but I think we are our own best coach because we know what would inspire us. And that's the question to ask when you're watching yourself is, if I was sitting in the audience, how would this land for me? Would this land as arrogant, narcissistic? Would this land as me being told what to do? Would this land as making me wrong or making me right? Is this a story that inspires me? 
Is this a story I'll remember? Is this a philosophy I'll remember? Is this a strategy I'll remember? If you listen to that filter, you can become an extraordinary public speaker by coaching yourself. And, well, I could probably talk for an hour about it, I guess. But how's that? <laughs> no, that's great. I, I have so many people on my team that just they want to be in the spotlight. They want to be public speakers and I, I'm, I'm still learning myself. So, well, we're in that advice. business Thank because you. we're in the business of moving masses of people. What geometric progressions brings to network marketing is masses of people. I mean, mm -hmm. you have over 700,000 people on your team. So, how do you communicate with 700,000 people? Whether you do it on Zoom or you know, Facebook or you do it live or you do it on conference calls, the way we communicate with lots of people is public speaking. And so it oh, is yeah. an art it's an art worth mastering for sure. Hey, we are at time. Uh April Pointer, you are a gift to humanity, a gift to the network marketing profession. You are certainly a gift to your company and your team. What an extraordinary gift you are to your family. What, a, just, what an amazing life your kids and your grandkids are going to have because you had the courage to pursue this with passion and with an attitude of, I'm being a gift, and this is going to be a contribution for people you got to have that story in your mind and your heart in order to open your mouth and, and talk to people with some reckless abandon, like it doesn't matter what the outcome is, I'm talking anyway. And my hat's off to you. I uh, have uh, immensely enjoyed the brief time we've spent together in small rooms with other like-minded, extraordinary leaders, and mm -hmm. I look forward to the journey as it Thank continues. You, Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. I, I really, I've looked up to you for a long time. You're, you're very inspiring, very charming, energetic. <laughs> thank I've enjoyed, you, April. enjoyed all our conversations. So before you all sign off, uh, go to blissbusiness.com forward slash chat and tell April and I what you learned from this hero call the more precise and profound you are, the more likely you are to win a bundle of free books. Blissbusiness.com forward slash chat. Be precise. Be profound. Have it a phenomenal month. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Good night, all. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks' Network Marketing Heroes podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. 
Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.